That exceptional specialty brand holds that power today. And a masterful multi-channel approach to sales and marketing that furthers a specialty brand promise or story deepens trust and emotional connection with a target and consumer holds incredible power and opportunity today for specialty brands. Welcome to the Channel Mastery Podcast. If you're a specialty business and brand leader obsessed with understanding what the most effective channels are today to connect with, serve, and sell to your target consumers, then you've just found the perfect podcast and community. My name is Kristen Carpenter, and I'm your host and the founder of Verde Brand Communications, the presenting sponsor of Channel Mastery. Verde created the Channel Mastery Podcast to level the playing field for the specialty brands we serve. Every week on this show, we study how consumer preferences are changing and the evolving channels they like to use to engage with their favorite brands. Once again, welcome to Channel Mastery and subscribe today. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 102 of the Channel Mastery Podcast. Kristen Carpenter, your host, reporting for duty. And today I have a very important solo cast that I researched and created just for the specialty brand leaders in the Channel Mastery community. That's right. Marketing leaders, marketing directors, CMOs. That's you. I'm talking to you today. And as a small disclaimer, even if this is not your role within your specialty brand, you should share this episode with your favorite brand leader or possibly another executive at a specialty brand who you think might need to hear this message. So the role of the marketing leader within a specialty brand is one of the most important today. Here's why. They own the relationship with the end consumer. They literally hold the keys. And as we all continue to be as consumer-focused as we possibly can be in our multi-channel approaches to both sales and marketing, this role is really, really important, if not critical, to the successful evolution of your company. So can you tell I'm fired up? Because I am. I am super passionate about what we're going to talk about here today. So let's do this. All right. So I am, as you know, the founder and CEO of Verde Brand Communications, Well, maybe there are some newcomers to the podcast here today. If so, welcome to you, and we're very happy you're here. But at Verde, my team and I have worked with hundreds of specialty marketing and brand leaders in our 19 years of service. And now I get to serve even more of you through Verde's podcast and community, Channel Mastery. This community, I'd say, is a pretty even mix of leaders within specialty brands. We've got CEOs, a lot of sales leaders and reps, Marketing leaders are the primary people, I think, who tune in each week. I get a lot of feedback from you, and all of you are interested in learning what's working today to endear today's connected consumer as our businesses continue to evolve, and that's what we do here every week is try and hack that and engineer it. And I couldn't not put this solo cast together today. It's almost the end of September 2019. And in the past two months, I have done a lot of strategy planning meetings with Verde's client family, which I am proud to say is comprised of incredible specialty brands. Some are legacy brands that have grown 
successful through wholesale, and some are direct first brands looking to jump to the next level of growth through new channels. Some of that's brick and mortar, and some of it is other cha- our other channels. And the marketing leader is usually in charge of these strategic planning meetings, and we usually get the CEO, the COO, sales leaders present and involved, and sometimes we even get product and category leaders too. And you know what? Despite the fact that all of these leaders within these specialty organizations totally get that what got them to this point is not going to be what gets them to the next level, most, if not all of them, are really, really grappling with letting go of how they used to do things to embrace new approaches that actually will get them there. And most, if not all, continue to be focused on the channels that got them to this point because the bulk of the revenue is still coming in from those focal channels. And those focal or founding channels and specialty are wholesale, and that's the legacy brand marketing leader. And there's also uh, those selling from direct from their company websites, which is the direct first brand leader. And I bet last year at this time, your leadership teams saw revenue in your primary channel, your focal or first channel, look different. And I bet it was different than the year before as well. And that is a result of, of course, the change of the end consumer who we're serving. Yet we all are still focusing because we're habitually like comfortable there. We focus on protecting that revenue in that main first channel because it's what got us to this point. It's what we know. It's how we've been incentivized. You get the drill. And I get the drill. I've run and grown a company of my own for the past 18 plus 19 years, and I so get it. It is really tough not to caretake that founding channel, and it is really tough not to throw minimal resources at building new channels, especially when you're seeing that founding channel erode, and that is where so many of our clients are. A lot of them, yeah, I mean, there's growth in other places, so I don't want to be all doom and gloom, but they definitely are seeing changes in that in the revenue and just sort of the profile of that founding channel with key markers. And that's holding on to that first channel is not going to be what makes your specialty brand evolve or as successful as it can be today. And I have to tell you, like one of the reasons I'm so, so fired up to share this episode with you about the role of the marketing leader and the challenges that they face is because we are literally sitting at the most opportune time in the history of our specialty businesses to win the hearts, minds, and attention of the end consumer today. And I'm going to go into this for just a couple minutes. It's a quick but very important aside as to why that is, okay? For such a time as now, seriously, we are literally sitting on a frigging windfall of success as specialty brands. We're seeing a lot of changes continue in our business, and we're going to keep seeing those changes. And they are not only coming from Amazon training our consumers to want choice, low prices, and convenience. The competitive threat of marketplaces, big retail, and those really well-funded direct first brands does not only come from data capture or a robust digital platform, creative usage of artificial intelligence, or really just maniacally creative and endlessly funded digital traffic strategies, right? Those are like the how, that's the ground war. But the air war is what I'm talking about here. That's where the opportunity is for specialty. 
the changes we're seeing in our businesses are being driven by an underlying cultural shift within the end consumer, and it is palpable right now. And you are an end consumer, as am I. And I just want to make sure you're kind of picturing yourself as I talk about this because I know you're going to validate what I'm about to say just by looking in the mirror. But think about this. In the past, we joined institutions, um, organized institutions like churches or political parties, just two of the low-hanging fruit examples I want to offer. We would join those because we needed a touch point for self-identification. They met that critical human need for a sense of belonging back in the time when it worked, okay? Very different time than today. But that sense of belonging and the self-identification with a group or a touch point like that is wired into our DNA as humans. But today, institutions are not trusted, are they? They have a one-to-many approach that just does not work anymore. And today, consumers increasingly define their very identities and communities through consumerism. Edelman published a very comprehensive survey just, well, almost a year ago, but it's still super relevant, and I have the link in the show notes, that state is titled, rather, Two-Thirds of Consumers Worldwide Now Buy and Beliefs. I also put another link into a podcast that my older brother Mike shared with me called Philosophize This, and it is fascinating. And it dives into this on a much more granular level. I put the link to that specific show also in the show notes, and you can check that out. But ultimately, here's what you need to know. Today, consumers are identifying with the brands they buy and use daily to self-identify, to join communities. And keep in mind, we have an absolute ton of choice as consumers And we get to vote with our dollars because we know that companies are a better bet for us to create change than relying on government or possibly, I guess, religion. We also get to wear our brands like identities and community markers, which really fulfills our need to belong. Do you think that a commodity paper towel brand holds this power or this potential? Or do you think a kick-ass specialty brand that makes products and services that are differentiated by a purpose, a stake in the ground, a brand story that enables a consumer to believe the story they have in their heads about themselves has a better opportunity. I would say the specialty brand does. That exceptional specialty brand holds that power today. And a masterful multi-channel approach to sales and marketing that furthers a specialty brand promise or story deepens trust and emotional connection with a target and consumer holds incredible power and opportunity today for specialty brands. You heard it here. Specialty brands are the happy place for their fans and followers The communities that grow up around specialty brands are ground central for consumers today to feel safe, sure, and good about themselves. Our brands deliver the best moments in our consumers' lives. And this is a huge responsibility and, yes, a big, big opportunity. As the marketing leader within your brand, you own the relationship with the end consumer. I'm talking to you now. (laughs) Yet you're working within organizations 
that just don't seem to get, let alone support, that you, the marketing leader, are on the front lines of the most important battle your brand faces, winning the hearts, minds, and attention spans of today's ever-evolving consumer. And again, this is what I just saw as I was out in the field with Verde's clients for the past two months, and I will continue to be because we're in budgets and planning right now. This is what I've been seeing again and again. Okay, I'm seeing this firsthand. I'm in these meetings. Some of them go a couple days <laughs> with dinners, anchoring, but I see it. I know what, what's happening there, and I'm saying it out loud for you. You, the marketing leader within a specialty brand, you remind me of that beautiful, serene-looking swan that's floating elegantly on the surface of the water. I know all that goes into creating that perception. That swan might look super together as it elegantly swims by or whatever it's doing floats by, but under the surface of that water, it is a completely different story. Its legs are literally furiously paddling. And you know what? I'm seeing those legs. This is an analogy to you, marketing leader. I'm seeing those legs have to work harder and harder to create traction against an always moving goal. And we only have two legs, right? We paddle to chase the evolution of our end consumer. We know it's our responsibility to create a really special and unique emotional connection with that consumer on behalf of our brand. We paddle to try and appease the expectations of our leadership colleagues. We find that they look to us to do the seemingly impossible, protect the revenue in the primary channel of our brand, and grow new successful channels for our target consumer to have amazing brand experiences on. And as marketing leaders, you hold the keys to that relationship, as I said. So we keep paddling furiously. <laughs> I say we because I count myself among marketing leaders and specialty brands because that's who we always work with and, and work for at, you know, with our clients at Verde. And I also have to do a lot of this strategically for so many of our clients, as do the leaders at Verde. So I feel like I can say we. So I know what you're living through in your marketing leadership role and successfully hitting dual moving targets of leadership expectations and serving your target consumer can feel downright impossible. And I guess sometimes I don't, I don't really question why there's high turnover in the marketing leader position, frankly. I mean, it's a job that can be overwhelming. It can cause a lot of anxiousness. There's a ton of responsibility on our shoulders, even though a lot of it sometimes isn't acknowledged. There's a lack of confidence that I see just because, I mean, who does feel confident when they're kind of like always on the sharp end, like leading through stuff and doing first ascents, it seems, on these new channels? And there's just a lack of voice at the leadership table for this marketing leader, and that really I'm going to address that in a little bit here, but that's a personal pet peeve for me. So paddling faster, my friends, is not going to change this. And I want leadership colleagues to hear that as well. It was Einstein who famously said it, you cannot solve the problem from the level of that problem. And he also said, doing the same thing again and again and expecting a different result is literally the definition of insanity. And that's kind of where we're sitting in those crosshairs as specialty brand marketing leaders. So in almost two decades of leading a specialty brand communications agency, I was, uh, prior to that, a well-published journalist for 10 years. 
And in the past two plus years, I've made it my mission to research and present what's working best for specialty brands to win the attention and loyalty of their target consumers in the Channel Mastery Podcast. And I am here today to get you in a world where your plight is made public. People are going to be aware of what's going on if they haven't been before, okay? I want to get you out of the paddling frenzy because none of us can do our best work when we're feeling like that. I want to get you armed and ready to approach the plight of the company you're you're leading marketing for, meaning like constant evolution to appease a moving target of an evolving end consumer, right? We're going to attack that from a completely new level and have a lot of fun in the process, working with like-minded peers on the same warpath you're on. And we're not going to do all that in this show here, but I have a solution for you at the end of the show, I'll tell you about it, that is literally going to deliver that to you, okay? And we're going to have fun. So yes, the solo cast is literally kicking off six weeks of resource-based content leading to the launch of Verde's brand new digital resource, the Channel Mastery Marketing Academy. That is the resource, and that is uh, what I'll talk more about at the end and how you can get involved in that. But this training, um, I'm sorry, this podcast, like all things Channel Mastery, focuses on training as well. And what we're going to cover in the training in the next 10 minutes or so here focuses on a convergence that I've seen since I've been out in the field, in the wild with Verde's clients at these strat planning meetings for 2020. I'm seeing a convergence that I've never seen before. It's really fascinating. Specialty marketing leaders from legacy brands those that have grown up with wholesale and specialty brand leaders from direct first brands are actually facing some similar challenges. What? Yes, it's true. Both are in the cage fight, but on a different side of it, okay? But they're in the same cage. They want to get to the common ground of having the right mix of channels that will romance today's omni-channel consumer that they're going after with what it is they sell, right? And in this solo cast, we're going to look more closely at the challenges faced by both types of specialty brand leaders, and we're going to basically look at the intersection and then talk about the solution. And I'm, again, sharing this because it's super important to get this out in the open because we don't want 2020 to happen before we have these conversations and possibly change what we're going to be doing. All right. That way I can say what needs to be said for you. It's not easy to have these conversations sometimes, especially as we're like barreling down into holiday, right? Okay, so first we're going to take a peek at what the specialty brand legacy brand leader is dealing with, okay? The biggest pain point for specialty brand leaders at legacy companies is the fact that the businesses that they're serving have been literally built to serve wholesale partners, not consumers directly. And there are just a, like a some pretty significant challenges that this type of brand leader faces. So, I mean, these leaders are in a confusing position where the best thing about their brand is also the worst thing. I mean, their brands are well-known and trusted, and that is amazing and great. Their brands are attracting talent and wholesale partners, and there's all kinds of good stuff happening. But the success is also an obstacle when it comes to evolving a brand because, again, the leadership can be super focused on what got them to the point where they are, not where the brand needs to go. This marketer is aware of what needs to be done, 
but doesn't have the voice, the role, the headcount, the budget to evolve channel strategy. And I get it. I see it. When especially brand is over three quarters or more of its sales coming from wholesale. I mean, many of the brands we serve are more like 90% of revenue coming from wholesale. Resources go to where the majority of the sales are. I get it. The leader of the wholesale channel is in a powerful position within that brand, the sales leader, and is often bonused on keeping the wholesale business the focal point. So that's a really important thing that I hope people are hearing in this um, solo cast because that is definitely going to cause huge speed bumps to your evolution. Today's end consumer is literally trained to expect amazing experiences in a mix of channels through content, in-person events, and many other things, okay? Not just going to their brick-and-mortar store. And that's the rub. These marketing leaders absolutely know, because they're professionals, <laughs> that it's critical to drive a brand to be the most relevant to the most relevant channels for its end consumers, not just to wholesale partners, okay? Wholesale is a very, very important partner, don't get me wrong, but it's just one channel. And thankfully, we don't have to worry anymore, I don't think, about retailers prohibiting brands to sell direct-to-consumer from their website. I mean, there's still pressure, don't get me wrong, but I don't think that they're prohibiting it anymore because ultimately they are aware that, you know, the golden rule plays a, a great role here. Like, you can have multiple channels and treat all the channel partners fairly. And any show I've done with Rich Hill, he goes into that, of the Grassroots Outdoor Alliance, and Wes Allen, actually, too. There's lots of shows you can listen to on that. But again, the focal point for these legacy brands is their business has been completely built around wholesale, okay? And that is a huge, huge challenge for so many marketing leaders. Um, it's important to just bring to light, again, if you're listening to this and you're not in marketing, but you work with a marketing leader, or if you want your leadership colleagues to hear this, today the brand is the mothership. The brand is responsible for raising awareness and visibility, creating new fans, followers, and email subscribers, and enabling product and brand experiences to happen on the channels of the consumer's choice. Period. The end. That is what the consumer is trained to want. If we don't give them what they want, they will go elsewhere. So don't Give this person a budget that is going to keep them in that habitual, antiquated way of serving wholesale. That is not going to set up the marketing leader for success. And I know you're all nodding your heads and agreeing with me. I interview some soft, a lot of actually of software as service SaaS providers for channel mastery. And when I explain legacy brand budgeting processes to these providers, they are completely flummoxed. I mean, they'll say things to me like, wait, you mean they set their annual marketing budget at the end of the year for the entire forthcoming year? And yes, I mean, it is important to have a budget so you can measure year-over-year -year growth. I get it. But parking a marketing budget like strictly at that last quarter of the year for the forthcoming year is a little bit nutty today because of all of the things we've seen change over the course of a year. I don't need to go any deeper than that. I mean, it's just something we all know. We need to come up with a different process around setting budgets so that our marketing leaders can be successful in channel evolution. Another major challenge that I see for these legacy brand leaders in specialty is, this is something that is really 
near and dear to me. I mean, it's something that's a big pet peeve, actually. The marketing leaders can literally be treated like mid-level managers with anemic budgets and no semblance of equal say with their leadership counterparts, okay? The C-suite, if you will. Think about it. To so many wholesale sales leaders in our specialty markets, we have tapped into the marketing team as a resource to support what we do in terms of deepening the assortment, opening new doors, creating merchandising, getting product to turn, um, you name it, like that marketing leader has always been kind of plugged in. They are not, sometimes not, I don't see this across the board, but often they're not seen as a leadership team equal or partner. And it is so important that that dynamic changes now because, again, your marketing leader holds the key to your end consumer, and you want to be a consumer-centric brand. He or she should be at the leadership table making the big decisions with you, okay? I'm sorry, that one gets me super fired up. It's really, really wrong. Okay, a marketing leader in legacy specialty brands should not be treated like an employee of the sales team or the sales leader. They should be treated like an equal. I'll leave it there. I could go on forever on that one, but I won't. So just keep that in mind. Marketing leaders today at these legacy brands are kind of tasked with an impossible job. They're told to handle all that's tied to the evolution of wholesale while also being asked to handle everything that comes in the door in terms of digital or or other channels that could potentially lead to sales and content marketing, et cetera. So they're kind of given like this catch-all role, maybe don't have the budget, the headcount, et cetera, to really make a multi-channel strategy work, frankly. So this statement is true also for direct first brands. It's a little different, but the end, the end, like where they are at the end of the day is still the same, okay? So let's look at some of the challenges that direct first brand leaders face. These leaders are often super adept at growth hacking tactics like those we've seen in SaaS companies, right? So they can see where the growth and consumer adoption is and they throw resources and attention and energy at making more of that happen as quickly as possible. So it's not like a methodical 12-month or 18-month planning window is taking place. It's usually very fast-paced, very, very nimble, almost to the point where they're moving so fast that it's real time, and it is actually. And what's gotten these leaders and these companies to the point where they are is all about building and selling to online audiences through digital storefronts. They know how to position a brand experience, most often content organically and through driving traffic. They know how to jockey content marketing. They know what levers to pull and push around changing landscape of digital marketing and social media. And often getting an audience to grow or do something involves paying them paying the, you know, platforms to get them to do something with that end consumer, right? And earlier this year, a lot of Verde's direct first brand leaders reported that the levers that they're using to drive traffic and grow audiences, such as paid Facebook ads, et cetera, were becoming cost prohibitive and ineffective. And social platforms are really only getting started with their pay-to-play efforts. They really are. So direct first brand leaders at specialty brands are seeing more and more that earned media is like a very successful content for them. It's actually pretty fun to watch when you get a great media placement for one of these companies and you optimize it with them or for them. It brings in sales, like boom, they're there. 
if it's done very proactively and strategically. When there is a strategy that positions that powerful content, it is literally like printing money in some cases. And when you pair that with a savvy call to action and get them to do something, it actually can function very, very successfully um, for the digital brand, which is awesome and fun for us at Verde, right? However, digital first brand leaders are becoming painfully aware that today's specialty consumer wants to be able to touch and feel their favorite brands physically at a trusted retailer. This can be just as strong of a validation and conversion catalyst that a sweet media placement can be, like I just described, when the retailer does a great job providing a brand experience. So digital-first brand leaders are sometimes revered by legacy brand leaders, which is funny because they're also in the hurt locker a little bit. Um, I can see why, though. I mean, again, they're very good at finding consumers, engaging them, getting them to do something. They know how to build audiences, and they can pay to get those audiences to take the next step with their brand. But this requires money, and those platforms are getting more expensive. And I also have to say that it's getting tougher and tougher to kind of not have churn on these audiences. So direct first brands are really looking for different solutions. And one of the main solutions they're looking for is physical retail. It can be a physical experience like an event or an actual retail pop-up shop, retail-driven retail event, et cetera. Like these direct first brands are seeing that in 2019, they have to have physical retail presences. So here we are, the convergence. I have to share this great article that I saw from Tom Ryan, who I love reading Tom's stuff. He writes for SGB, and he has definitely attended his fair share of trade shows for sure in the outdoor active lifestyle specialty markets. But he also writes for Retail Wire. So to me, he's kind of a celebrity. But he just published an article, and yes, the link will be in the show notes, but I got to read just a few sentences from this article because it sums it up for specialty direct-first brand leaders so perfectly. So his article says, what online-only company is really profitable? Basically, none of them. That's the dirty secret. So that was said by Everlane CEO Michael Praiseman last week on CNBC's Jim Cramer explaining why Everlane is opening stores. Now, for anybody who's been following this, you're probably rolling your eyes or your eyebrows just shut up. That statement is a full reversal from Mr. Praiseman. He told the New York Times, according to Tom Ryan's article, in 2012 that he would rather shut the company down before opening a store. Hmm, okay. <laughs> Mr. Praiseman told CNBC, and this is quoted again from his article, Everybody loves to say you don't spend money online, but the way things work now with Facebook, Instagram, and how much it costs to acquire a customer, then you have to ship it all. I mean, he's really got a great point here, right? And Tom also included another about face, Andy Dunn, the co-founder of Bonobos and now Walmart's SVP of digital consumer brands, told attendees earlier this month at the Future of Home conference in New York City, I don't really like digitally native vertical brands. What gets me excited are brands that are really strong and direct to consumer, but also have got Omni. And according to Business Insider, he described e-commerce as a tremendously challenging, frequently unprofitable business. 
and insisted that consumers want to interact with brands and products and people face-to-face. So Bonobo's guide shops inside Nordstrom's are its most profitable business. This is all in Tom's article. It's a fantastic article. So here we are, right? Even though legacy and direct first specialty marketing leaders think they're night and day different, they're actually experiencing a lot of the same challenges. Number one, they're under-resourced. Both are pressured by leadership colleagues to expand into the most opportune channels to grow their revenue base, but the majority of their resources are allocated by their company leaders to founding channels, okay? They're also being asked to lead change, yet they, like their sales colleagues, are incentivized with old performance metrics. The truth today is that the rules of the game have not only changed, the entire game has changed, so this makes absolutely no sense, Third, they're navigating change for their brand's relationship with the end consumer without a blueprint on how to expand into new frontier channels that they're pressured to pursue. It can feel downright scary to be tasked to break into a channel that, frankly, you have less experience being successful in. It's no wonder there's a lot of turnover in this role. I mean, think about it. Number four, and the last one, both are actively managing and often repairing consumer trust. This is perhaps the most dangerous shared challenge because consumers have no patience for friction or inconsistency with brands across channels today. And a lot of specialty brands, whether they're legacy or direct first, are super reactive in the way that they're managing the continual evolution of their target and consumer. When reactive decisions are made, it's super tough to offer a cohesive brand experience across channels. It just is. We share all four of these and probably more challenges as specialty marketing leaders. So as we get ready to wrap up here, I just want to let you guys know again, this solo cast is kicking off the first of a six-week resourceful content series, if you will, created to make 2020 the best year it can be for specialty brands because of the insane opportunity that we have around this cultural shift that I talked about earlier. Awareness is certainly part of that. So I'm hoping that by sharing all of these challenges for marketing leaders and specialty brands, that more awareness will be there so that change can actually happen. We have to become aware of the problem. Then we have to create a plan and work the plan, right? And that's where we are right now. We're in planning season. It's it's September of 2019. So new solutions that work for us are needed. Not solutions that work for Target, Nordstrom's, or Amazon, but solutions that work for specialty. And that is why for the past year and a half, my team and I have worked so hard to create the Multi-Channel Marketing Academy Academy, or MCMA for short. I don't know. I'm not sure I like that acronym yet, but either way, Multi-Channel Mastering, sorry, Multi-Channel Marketing Academy. Maybe we just call it the Academy. But it is an online resource and peer community designed to eradicate overwhelm, confusion, and internal struggle, and frankly, the fear that in-house specialty marketing leaders are experiencing today as they shepherd brands through the constantly changing consumer preference roller coaster, okay, as well as all of the channels <laughs> that come along with that. 
So I don't need to go into great detail on this today. This is literally the first time I've introduced it to you. But I, my hope is that you will see through this solo cast, this is a real challenge. And there is not a resource available that addresses it built for specialty brand leaders and marketing leaders. And that's what we have built in the Multi-Channel Marketing Academy, okay? So in October, which is just a, like a week away, we have two webinar trainings that we're going to be doing that are free that will definitely help you through planning and budgeting as a specialty leader or a brand leader and a lot of content on LinkedIn and Instagram to support the launch. So my hope is that, again, in true channel mastery fashion, we will give you so much value through these trainings and resources. And just know that, yes, we have an even more in-depth solution built just for the specialty brand leader today. It's going to be awesome. And the peer community is going to be one of the best parts of it. All right. I think that we have gone through enough here today. <laughs> this was a big show. Super, super important, though. I'm really, really grateful you gave me the time to address this. And I feel like, again, this needs to be brought to light. I mean, when I was finishing pretty much every single strat planning meeting I've done so far, I would be getting a ride to the airport, getting a ride back from dinner to my hotel with the marketing leader that we serve at Verde. And she or he would be talking with me about so much of what I just shared with you. They just don't feel like they can be heard on this, okay? And it's so important that their role is elevated and that they are given the resources they need to shepherd your target and consumer to come with your brand through its evolution and to stay loyal and to wear your brand as an identity piece and to just literally have their life value accentuated by what you do. I mean, that is really amazing. And that's what this academy is really all about. It's to try and enable your specialty brand leader to accomplish that for your brand and to work super tightly in orchestration with the rest of your leadership team on that mission. Consumer-centric, consumer-first. That's where we're going with this. If you're interested in requesting an application or just getting more information, we are going to be sharing more uh, through the guidepost, which is the weekly newsletter that we publish. You can sign up for that at channelmastery.com or at veritypr.com. So just we have a couple of things that you can download and put your email in for. If you're more comfortable, just email me at casey at veritypr.com. Put in the subject line, I'd like more information on the academy or just something that lets me know that you're interested in getting on the wait list and we can do it that way. So either way works. I just want to try and get this work out to as many people as possible because I know it's going to be a game changer. 19 years in the making, not to mention the two plus years that I've been on the front lines just rallying solutions with channel mastery. Like this is a masterpiece. It really is. I'm super excited about it. Okay. I'm really hoping this was a very helpful episode. Please, again, forward it to leadership team colleagues or a brand leader who you know needs to hear it. And I bet there are many of them out there, okay? That's it for this week. I look forward to next week and being right here again with another episode of Channel Mastery. And please, please follow us on Instagram and my LinkedIn and you will learn more about the training resources that are free that we have planned coming up for the month of October and part of November. Thank you so much, everybody. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. 
If you're finding value in the Channel Mastery Podcast, and I certainly hope you are, I'd love to ask that you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, as well as rate and review the show on iTunes. Doing so helps more people discover the content, more specialty business and brand leaders can be helped by the incredible resources we're offering every week on the show. I also would like to invite you to join our community at channelmastery.com or verdepr.com. Sign up with your email and you'll receive special resources and content created just for friends of the podcast. You'll also receive advance notice of new Channel Mastery trainings and offerings like our brand new digital resource and membership that's opening up in Q3 2019. Thanks for listening and see you next week.